Welcome back, my friends. We are here for part two of our four-part series of Navigating the Gray. And like I mentioned in last week's episode, and if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, I would highly recommend if you're kind of one of those people that feels like, you know, health, wellness is not just one-sided, right? There's so many different elements that we need to pull in and be conscious of. And so navigating the gray essentially gives you the space and the freedom to understand that it might not be black or white. It might not be one way or the other, but instead a holistic approach of multiple different things, just depending on your needs, your goals, and your preferences. So with that said, part two is going to be talking about really being able to recognize and address some of those subtle signs of disordered eating. Now, before we go into this topic, I want to be super clear that if you are struggling with an eating disorder or disordered eating that you feel might be on the spectrum of an eating disorder, I would highly, highly recommend that you are looking for support in that, whether that's through therapy or mental health counseling, whatever that looks like for you. I just want to encourage you that this is not the place to receive professional guidance in terms of how to work with an eating disorder. This should not replace any form of professional medical treatment, whether that is therapy or mental health counseling or working with an eating disorder therapist. So when we talk about disordered eating, this is really a range of unhealthy eating behaviors that are not classified or diagnosed as an eating disorder. So while eating disorders are more specific and clinical mental health conditions characterized by severe disturbances in eating patterns and body image. So you can recognize the difference there, right? When we're talking about a eating disorder, we're really talking about something that is medically diagnosed, clinically diagnosed, something that is a behavior that is unhealthy and needs professional assistance with, right? I would argue that a lot of people have more of what I'm talking about in this episode, which is disordered eating. And this is essentially patterns that you think are normal or maybe things that you've adopted from diet culture or from our families or friends around our habits of food, but that are not really beneficial for us or maybe make us feel a way that we don't want to. So with that said, when we talk about this gray area in this episode, what I'm talking about when we think about disordered eatings is basically those behaviors that don't classify as an eating disorder. So they still may be problematic though to your body image, to your relationship with food. And so that's why it's important that we ad address them. So a few of the ones that I commonly see with the clients that I work with is really maybe some food tracking that can feel a little obsessive or some strict food rules that they govern, you know, the times that they can eat or the things that they can and cannot eat. Also, I see it through body image issues, and often that's an impact from the food rules and from other behaviors related to food, maybe excessive exercise. So this is really typical if you are somebody who maybe feels like they need to work out in order to maybe eat the way that you do or feel this sort of way around maybe not eating the way that you would if you did work out or having to feel that sense of like trading calories for movement. Also, emotional distress related to eating. So maybe this is you if you are somebody who does turn to emotional eating or turns to food in anxious moments for comfort. And again, these can be, if they are to an ex certain extreme, these can be things that would classify as an eating disorder. But really what we're talking about here are things that are not necessarily 
ruining or sabotaging your day. Instead, they're little inconveniences that maybe you're not really happy with and you would like to change. I think a lot of this is a result of social media and diet culture. So on social media, especially just being in this industry, I see so many people sharing what foods you should be eating for hormonal health, what foods you should be eating to, you know, prevent cancer and all these little different pockets of the industry that really do obsess about sharing this information with you. And while I believe that the intention is not malicious, I believe that we as readers and consumers can really struggle to differentiate what is true versus what is not or what applies to us versus what does not. And it's really hard to say that a specific way of eating or a specific diet or a specific approach to food is the one size fits all approach, right? It's not because our bodies are super unique. Our lives are super unique. And it's so important that we take those things into perspective. And so when we look at social media, it's all these different messages that we receive around the foods that we should eat, the way that we should eat them, or the timing of the meals like we talked about earlier. And so as a consumer, you just want to be super conscious of this. You want to understand how social media does maybe affect some of those eating behaviors that you do have or don't have. And that's where we can really be strong advocates for ourselves and just be conscious consumers of the information that we are absorbing and making sure that it is providing benefit to us and not necessarily hindering our relationship with food or the way that we feel about food. Also, diet culture. Obviously, we have lived through decades and decades of different kinds of diets and different ways of eating and it's still really pertinent to this day, right? This pressure of eating less food, especially as a woman, or maybe you don't see that as much anymore. That is my hope and my prayer for all of us, but there is still messaging around that. And that can definitely influence the way that we feel or the behaviors that we have towards food. And so recognizing that it's so important that we are being conscious of those mentalities that we are adopting, right? This could also be through family, right? So many of us are influenced by our family's eating behaviors and that now influences the way that we eat as adults. And sometimes we don't even notice that, right? Things like clean plate club, right? Where you feel this need to clean your plate because there are starving children in the world. And of course, yes, we want to be conscious of that and we want to be respectful of those around the world that do not have the access that we do. But at the same time, this pressure to finish your plate or eat everything on it can feel really almost counterintuitive, right? To this approach of more of a mindful and purposeful eating approach. So with that said, it's so important that we are again, becoming more conscious of these beliefs, more conscious as to how they do affect our eating behaviors. And really, I want to share with you as well what it looks like to kind of have more of a normalized approach to eating. And a lot of this information that I've pulled for this podcast is actually from the National Eating Disorders Association. And so there was a quote where they talk about normalized non-disordered eating is when one mindfully consumes food when hungry and is able to stop when full. That's it. You're not eating out of boredom. You're not eating because you're anxious. You're not eating because you're upset. Although those things can happen, you can still have a healthy relationship with food. It's not black or white, right? This whole series, it's not black or white, but 
when you can be conscious of fueling your body as that hunger is communicating with you, even being able to recognize your hunger cues and being able to eat until you are satisfied and not feeling overstuffed consistently, right? I think that there's, again, a little wiggle room. You might do that on occasion. It might happen on accident. I went out with a friend last week for pizza. The pizza was so good. I probably ate maybe one slice too many and felt a little stuffed going home, right? So that to me is still mindful because I was intentional about the fact that I was going to have that additional piece, even though I was feeling kind of like I was full. So it's so important that we do take these sort of differentiations. And, and again, they are not black and white. They are very much nuanced, just like this entire series. So I want to finish this up with some practical tips and tools for you to take away. If you are looking for some ways to maybe improve your relationship with food, so maybe you're maybe indifferent about food, maybe struggling with some disordered eating habits, then we're going to talk about some of those ways that you can cultivate that healthy relationship with food. So number one is going to be slowing down. And I'm not just talking about slowing down like to eat. I'm actually talking about slowing down your entire day. What I often find with clients is that we are constantly rushing through our everyday lives. And this rushing makes it really hard for us to even be present when it comes to eating. It's almost like we're checking the box just trying to get that food in. And so this is why it's so important that we actually make time and space in our day, not just for eating, but just for the activities that we have at hand. I think so many of us struggle with mindfulness and presence because we do put so many things in our day versus instead allowing an activity to have the space that it needs, right? So allowing that lunch break. And our lunch break was meant to be an hour of eating probably and mingling, right? So it's really important that we are taking that time. Or even if you're going to maybe just step away, even if you're just going to eat your meal and you're just sitting there, no distractions, and it takes you five to 10 minutes, to me, that's still being mindful, right? Because we're actually present with the activity at hand, right? And so, so many of us just maybe go through the motions when it comes to eating or maybe just fuel ourselves because we know we have to, but aren't necessarily experiencing the fun and the joy of that. And so this is where I absolutely love, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about, but rediscovering the joy of food. I actually have a mini training on this. It's available for you to download. It'll be in the show notes. So feel free to snag that. It's super quick and easy for you to go through with a little checklist of things that you can do to start rediscovering that joy of food. But Another one we want to really pay attention to in terms of just cultivating more of a healthy relationship with food is actually paying attention to the food rules that exist for you. So where are these food rules coming from? Where do we experience them? When do we experience them? And really, what would we like to replace these thoughts with? So, so often we're just following a narrative, maybe from someone else that we grew up with, or maybe from diet culture or social media. And instead, what do we believe? What do we want to believe? Because we can rewire our thoughts and our, and our brain waves so that we actually are able to adopt a new thought, right? Or to be able to put something new into practice. So don't feel stuck with those sort of rules that maybe you inhibited or maybe those rules that you've adopted or made your own. Instead, recognize the freedom in being able to recognize and create awareness around those food rules that you do have and the shifts that you want to make accordingly. So the last one that we're going to talk about is using the STOP method. And this is going to help you create awareness around your eating habits. So I know that we've talked about the STOP method in the past. And so this is something I will briefly go through. But essentially, it is stopping 
That's what S stands for and taking a pause for a moment. T stands for take a breath and notice you're breathing in and out three times. O, observe what thoughts are going through your mind right now. Where is your focus? What are you reacting to? P, perspective. What's the bigger picture? What's another way of looking at this situation? Is this a thought or a fact or an opinion? What would a trusted friend say to me right now? P, proceed. What's the best thing to do right now for me, for others, for the situation? What can I do that actually fits within my values? And this is a really great exercise. You can either use it in the moment when things are happening or you can use it in hindsight. So essentially, if you go through an experience and you were like, oh, I wasn't very mindful and I didn't necessarily like the eating behavior that I had there, or maybe I'm just curious about what that didn't feel 100% right, like what's going on there. This is a perfect exercise where you can go back and actually implement and be able to create awareness around the situation. So same thing, you'll take a breath, you'll observe the thoughts that were going on during that time, right? So what were you thinking before, during and after? How can we start to shift that perspective? And then how would we like to proceed moving forward or for the next situation where whatever that is, maybe it's a challenge, a challenging social group that your friend group that you're part of that you want to be more intentional with the way that you show up and the way that you consume either food, beverages, whatnot. So with all of this said, I hope that this episode has been helpful for you. I hope that you have been able to maybe start to assess your own relationship with food and start to maybe process what are some things that I would like to work on? What are some things I already know when I listen to this episode, maybe that I know are part of disordered eating habits? So can't wait to hear how this lands for you guys. Stay tuned. Next episode, we're going to be talking about to diet or not to diet. So I'm excited about that one, part of our Navigating the Gray series. That will be part three. So stay tuned and we'll catch back up on our next episode.